I was living in fear of being untagged. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Daily Cardinal, UW-Madison's longest-running independent student newspaper. I'm Gabby Vinick. And I'm Hope Carnup, your co-host for The Student Dive, a podcast where we speak directly with UW-Madison student reporters, editors, and Wisconsinites. We talk about the most pressing issues in our campus, city, and state communities. Let's dive right in. In part two of our special series on COVID-19 coverage at the Cardinal, we speak again with editors and students about campus life completely upended by the pandemic. Brian Lee, an Associated Students of Madison representative, is an international student at UW-Madison. He recounts his struggles over the last year, working thousands of miles away. My name is Brian Lee. I'm a third year student at Utah Madison, and I'm also a student representative at ASM. I'm right now telecommuting from China, and it's 11.05 p.m. here. And it's so nice of you to speak with me this late for you. I really appreciate it. I just want to sort of take a step back to last March. Do you remember what it was like receiving the email from the university essentially sending everyone home? And what was your initial reaction? Yeah, so I think before the uh, finals, I already got back home. Like after I take my last final, I just book a flight and fly myself home because it's so uncertain to stay in the United States. Because I have roommates who returned to his state already, and living alone doesn't seem like a good choice to me. And when the e- email was sent out, I feel okay, this could be a good move because it's to prevent the uh, spread of the virus. Can you describe also some of the biggest obstacles that you have had to face as an international student? And obviously, you have also had additional experience working for ASM the student government. So I think there are kind of two critical periods. One is before I left Madison and uh, one is after I left Madison. I think the biggest problem I faced before I left Madison is I was living in fear of being attacked because there was a chalk on State Street, I think, I believe it's in March or April. The Chinese virus kind of People, a lot of people are telling me that you're not invited here. Who told you to come here? You guys bring the virus here. But yeah, it was really terrifying. I was living in fear. And when I was walking on State Street, people would just speed, speed at the ground right next to me. But one glad thing I had is the university sent out email to everyone really quick saying that the virus is our common enemy. It's not a single race or group of people who's the um, culprit. I think that's one thing the university is down to like uh, come for us. And that's the only time I kind of feel denying this during this whole thing. So for the, uh, after I left Madison, I think the word I would say is uncertainty as well. Because I don't know if I could return to Madison, how my class will continue. Because I'm a year student now, many classes are like depth classes. It requires synchronous instruction, and I got to wake up around 2 or 3 to attend class. 
Now, I, I remember a couple of days ago, the university sent out email saying that all students can expect to get vaccinated before this fall semester. But as international students, I don't know whether we are included in the all students. Uh, we don't know how to return to Madison and we don't even know, do we need to get vaccinated first before we can return to Madison or we can get to get that vaccine after the return? So it's like uncertainty of everything, safety, class, and friends and families. What other questions have you been grappling with as an international student, perhaps with the university or having spoken to other international students as well? I believe you have heard of the equal payment for all students. So I was working as a student representative, which is a paid job. I was sitting in the Grand Akash Committee and I had worked already but I was asked to fill out a form disclosing my location. I first started to say, okay, as I kind of construed it as whether I will be in the U.S. for the next semester, and it circled yes. So I was good, got on the payroll, but my peers were not. Because when they disclosed their location, they're in China right now. They were not getting paid, I was. And then I that I was not supposed to do that. And I just told the uh, HR stuff that, okay, I'm sorry, I misunderstood. I'm in China right now. And they say, okay, we can just get you back, get you out of the payroll. And final decision is the policy was reversed. And a lot of things happened within this process, like a administration. I believe Mr. Waters said that international students are not essential to the university, which hurts, hurts a lot. Right. I mean, that's something that so many students, professors, everyone on campus enjoys about going to a public university where they can meet more international students like yourself and meet new people and gain exposure to other worldviews and I can understand how painful that must have felt hearing that. Thank you for saying that. Well, is there anything else maybe that you would want to share, whether it be about just reflecting on the last year, what your experience has been like and moving forward, what your hopes are? Yeah, still one feeling I had is, say, in my freshman year or sophomore year, like one month feels like a whole year because it's so colorful. Every day is filled with different activities. I can get to know new people every week and even every day. But now a semester just feel like a month because it's so empty. People are just living in front of a computer and talking to people about Zoom like we do right now. I hope everything can get back to normal. And as international students, I know there can be some obstacles because of travel bans and visa restrictions. I do hope that the university can let us know in advance what we need to do, what we need to prepare, because the processes it takes is not one or two days, but one or two months. It's, it's really important that we can like uh, have a game plan beforehand. Well, thank you so, so much for taking the time to speak with me today. Thank you, Gabby. 
Similar to Brian, Madeline Lee works at home from Shanghai, China. She tells us what she misses most about Madison. I'm Madeline, and this is my sophomore year, and my major is neurobiology. I currently is studying in Shanghai to have some online courses in medicine. You said you're in Shanghai right now. Can you tell yeah. us? What has your experience been like in Shanghai, especially having seen how different COVID is in the U.S. versus China right now? The pandemic in Shanghai is like everything is so good, and there are like nobody was infected positive in Shanghai currently. But there are many people in U.S. are infected positive every day, so. We sometimes can go out and hang out and can have a dinner and sometimes can have a party together because nobody here are infected with positive and government have like conduct many uh, legislations here to protect our citizens and also if someone here was infected positive like all the block will be shut down and they will like in the quarantine. And every student who study abroad, they come back. They will have a fourteen days quarantine, and they will have two tests. If they are all negative, they are free to go. So many students in Shanghai, and also many Chinese students, are worried about the COVID nineteen、uh, in the U.S. because like there are too many people in U.S. are infected. Just speaking to your experience now as a student. Having transferred here from、yeah. Shanghai,、uh, and you're currently based in Shanghai, what are some of the biggest obstacles, if any, that you faced as an international student? I think this is the time zone, different times, because we have fourteen hours different time zone. Like many classes that held in the afternoon in medicine, but it's like in the midnight for me, so I need to stay up too late to have all the classes and instructions. As well as I will to attend the office hours, but、um, the time for me is not very available. So I need to stay up late and also calculate the time zone. Sometimes I was so worried about that I will miss some due because of the different time zone, and I will got some different conversion of it. But the professor are so nice; they can understand me and understand my situation. I was going to ask if if professors have been accommodating for you and how you feel the university has. Approach the situation. Approach COVID. Currently, I think all the professors are good because, like, they can totally understand me, and they are so care about our health situation. They will send an email to us to tell us we should pay attention to the COVID and what's going on in the campus. I remember that one of my chemistry professor he told us that the medicine situation was going bad, and he asked us. To stay healthy, and if we need to get some help, he will like happy to help us. So, in what ways has your experience as an international student informed your way of looking at the way that the U.S. has responded to the pandemic, and also how the university has responded to the pandemic? I think the university. That's good, and、uh, like the medicine protect everyone, and also offer many test points for every student. And I know many of my classmates are just staying in the dormitory or in their apartment, and if they and、uh, if and they will get like one test per day, 
or something like that. So I think the policy that medicine offered is very, very useful to decrease people who get infected. Also, the responsibility for university is that they will like send email to students and ask professor to take more care about students and also have many new policies to support students' health and their study. I think it's really, it's a very tough time for the professor to make all the classes online and they have more, they have extra work to do. So I think this kind of thing are the responsibilities that medicine has done and uh, it's very useful. But for the U.S., I think um, the responsibility of the U.S. maybe just like offer the free vaccines for all the students and all the professors in all the schools. But uh, I think it's very expensive for the uh, U.S. government. And I know that U.S. government have been went through a very tough year in 2020. Like many, many people don't uh, lose their lose their jobs and they do not get enough money to do this. But I think for the U.S. government, the responsibility for the international students is that they can make some easier policies. So we are, we are easy to go to the U.S. or the policy to support us, make us convenient. And also, like, we can have a sense of belonging. We feel warm, not like China and America, they are the enemy. So we do not, like, welcome Chinese students to come here. Have you been able to connect with other international students and how has their experience at the university, whether it be working from afar or wherever they may be stationed, how has their experience been and what have been some of your takeaways from speaking with them? They in medicine, they cannot go outside and they cannot come back to China. It's really, uh, for this time, it's really hard for them to come back to China. Then, then we just go back to America. So this is their obstacle. They have no options. They need to stay in medicine to complete their study. If they come back to China, it's like, it's a very tough trip. And they cannot sometimes get the tickets. And for another, for my friend that stay in China, like me, uh, their obstacles is that they have some, they have a lot of American friends in medicine and they miss them so much. And they like, they missed the party in the medicine before and all the events in the medicine. Is there anything that you wish other students knew about the international student experience or university officials for them to know? It's really hard for us to find the classmates or find friends this semester. We are just studying alone. We're just study at home, just one of us, like we cannot communicate with you in person. If you don't mind me asking, have you faced any personal struggles throughout this pandemic? Oh, yeah. Last year, I was applying for the medicine uh, because of the pandemic. The mail and the express is too slow. It's really hard for me to mail all the materials in time to the medicine. Uh, In China, also the economic problem, like everyone will face it during the pandemic. For example, you will get the salary like as half as before, or just like there was some influence about your salaries and or some other things. So many people in China, like or in other place will have some problem to um, pay the tuition or pay the dormitory fees. Do you have any other lasting thoughts that you would want to share for people to hear? 
Oh, one thing is that we are really expecting to come back to Madison. We miss the Madison so much. And also hope all the students in Madison keep healthy and be happy. Madeline, I am so grateful for your time. Thank you so much for speaking with me today. According to our associate news editor, Nathan Denzen, back in January, UW-Madison officials decided to compensate student hourly employees telecommuting from abroad following legislation Brian Lee helped propose with the Associated Students of Madison. Madison Chief Human Resources Officer Mark Walters explained that the overturn of international student employment rules poses little liability and risk because not many international student hourly employees would opt to telecommute from countries other than the United States. Walters also addressed the university's current commitment to provide back pay for students involved. ASM Chair Matthew Mitnick praised the university's decision by tweeting that international student telecommuters can now get paid in any campus job. This is all reported by our associate news editor, Nathan Denzen, which you can find at dailycardinal.com. Okay, it is Thursday, March 11th at 4.51 p.m. I am with Gina Musso, our wonderful campus news editor. Welcome. So happy to have you here. Hi, thank you for having me. So Gina, I spoke with two international students, Brian Lee and Madeline Lee, and both of them briefly shared with me just how strong the anti-Asian sentiment and overall racism against Asian Americans has been throughout the pandemic. What do we know about how prevalent it is on campus? What do we know about how it is affecting students on campus? So this was echoed at a virtual discussion that was hosted by the Wisconsin China Initiative and the UW-Madison Asian American Studies Program on Tuesday evening, where the program coordinator of the UW-Madison Asian Pacific Islander Desi American Student Center moderated a Q&A discussion surrounding the topic of anti-Asian sentiment. What emerged from the discussion included panelists sharing their experiences and how they noticed an increase in common microaggressions towards Asian individuals, which included hearing racist comments about physical appearances and others asking them about their country of origin. Ultimately, the talk moderators stressed the power of having open conversations on these topics in order to change this behavior and to eliminate ethnic barriers. Thanks so much for joining us, Gina. Thanks for having me. The pandemic also impacted some students' living arrangements. Aliyah Levin, a feature news writer, explains her story about housing instability on campus. I'm talking with Aliyah Levin, who recently wrote an in-depth article about how the pandemic has impacted students' living situations. Thanks so much for coming on the show. So glad you're here. Yeah, thanks for having me. 
So you talked to a student who's decided to come back to Madison and a student who decided to stay home. What were some of the different reasons that they explained for their decisions? Yeah, so the students I talked to who decided to come back, they mainly, I talked to a few just for um, like additional research, even if I didn't quote them, but they really felt like they, you know, you only get four years of college and you want to make the most of it, even if things are very, very different than they would be in a usual year. So they pretty much all kind of agreed that even with the restrictions and everything going on, it would be better to at least come to campus and give it a shot, you know, and for um, everyone I talked to, it worked out in terms of still being able to socialize and have a good experience. And then the person I talked to who decided not to come back to campus really just felt like the risk um, was not worth it with just obviously the spreading of COVID and also um, her general anxiety around COVID. And she basically knew she wouldn't feel safe on campus. So for that reason, it wasn't worth coming back to, um, you know, just be there, but not really feel safe in her living situation. It looks like you looked at the sublet and roommate Facebook group. So what were some of the general trends you were seeing there? Yeah, so I saw a lot of people pretty much from in the past like year, um, just posting a lot more than usual about looking for someone to sublet to take over their lease, which obviously some of that is normal and happens every year, but I definitely noticed an upward shift and especially um, in the fall around after the celery and witty lockdowns, I saw a lot of what looked like underclassmen posting looking for apartment buildings to sublease if they decided they didn't want to live in their dorms anymore. Then again, kind of going into second semester, I think there are a lot of people who maybe came the first semester and didn't have a great experience and wanted to just stay home and wait it out for second semester. And then again, we're looking for subletters. Yeah, so I've heard from a couple people about just how often they've moved this year, um, especially after being sent home in spring. Have you kind of been hearing the same things from students? Yeah, I've definitely heard students talking about like kind of moving around and if not actually moving, definitely considering their options in terms of uh, maybe finding an apartment if they were in a dorm, maybe leaving their apartment and trying to get a subletter, that kind of thing. So I think a lot of students have really been constantly like reconsidering their living situations throughout the year as things evolve with the pandemic. So you also talked with a professor about how that instability kind of affects students' mental health. What were some of the things that she had to say? Yeah, so I think um, one of the things she really hit on is that there has definitely been a trend of increased mental health issues within students for the pandemic in terms of anxiety, depression, isolation, um, just because there really are so many factors within this pandemic that can spark that, you know, from being anxious about getting COVID to dealing with family and friends who may have had the virus to just not being able to socialize the way that you usually would. Um, but she also really highlighted that the decision to come back to school is extremely personal and there's not going to be you know, one, uh, it's not a one size fits all thing. It really depends on everyone's individual comfort levels and anxieties surrounding the pandemic. So there's definitely pros and cons to um, staying home and coming back for everyone. Do you think that sort of like the uncertainty of the situation is still affecting students as they're signing leases for next year? 
Yeah, I think um, the individual I talked to who um, was staying at home for the year, she definitely said that she, you know, would have been open to looking at a lot more different um, buildings if it weren't for the pandemic. But because of that, she really wanted a building that was small and more contained. And I also talked to someone who had decided to live in their um, Greek house for next year, but was a little bit anxious about just how that was going to go. Um, but I also did talk to some people who said they pretty much did the apartment search as usual and didn't really feel like the pandemic changed um, their plans or where they were looking to live. Do you think that decisions about where to live are also impacted by people's class schedules? I think definitely for some people, you know, if you have an in-person class, you, first of all, you have to come back to campus. And then of course, you're always going to want um, to live closer to where just your general classes are. And the student I talked to who didn't come back to campus did say that not being able to come to in-person classes kind of messed with her schedule. Um, so I think it was a factor, but at the same time, a lot of people I spoke to also said that in-person classes really weren't the main motivator of why they decided to come back or not. Yeah, that's really interesting. Is there anything else surprising or interesting that you'd like to share about the story? I just thought it was a cool experience kind of researching this. And I think the main takeaway I got at least is that it's a super individualized decision and everyone kind of reacts differently. And I think students just have to try to figure out what's going to be best for them in terms of living situations in the pandemic. Great, well, thanks so much for your reporting and for coming on the podcast, this was great. Yeah, thank you, this was fun. Thanks so much for listening to The Student Dive, brought to you by The Daily Cardinal. Make sure to head to dailycardinal.com for more stories and follow us on Twitter at Daily Cardinal for the latest news.